Hey everybody and welcome to the Vulnerable Entrepreneurs coming at you from the great city of Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm Sean Riley. And I'm Common Thrath. And today, like always, we're having a no bullshit conversation about the entrepreneurial way of life. All right, everybody, we're back here at the Vulnerable Entrepreneurs Podcast. We are in the middle ish of summer looking at august right in the face it's about 98 degrees here in massachusetts um and yet we're still we're still grappling with this whole pandemic i think we're up to covid 21 now it seems like covid 25 i don't know it's it's definitely bigger than 19 but as always we're back we're going to talk a lot about um stuff calm as usual it's good to see you again at least virtually Yes, Which sir. is funny because that's always the age old question. Like, how do I know it's actually you? Like when you look in a mirror, how do you know that's you? Might not be. Might be a big I game. do actually have multiple uh, accounts. I think all the people that log in using uh, using this, it's, sometimes it's other people on my team. So yes, you never I think know that it's that's me. That's a great idea. I'm going to call the Zoom hotline and forget about the backgrounds. I think you should be able to change who you are. So when you do a Zoom call, you're from somebody completely different. <laughs> I think that's a treat. I think that's a great idea. Well, they have, they have well, how, like, how's it, how's it going for you? Like, how's the, um, you know, being in the spaces that we're in, somebody is always suffering when we work from home. It's either our business is suffering or usually, at least in my case, with my kids, they're suffering because dad's home. And with you, like, how do you, how's it been going for you? Is it, is it getting easier? Do you get a groove? Is it just mayhem two, four, seven, three, six, five? Like, how's it going? I got three kids. It's really, it's, it is mayhem. Uh, but now they just got back to camp, uh, daycare. Uh, so I have a lot more quote unquote freedom to work, but we're, we're struggling. My wife and I are struggling to figure out the schools opening up soon and trying to, we have to make a decision. If they, do the kids go back? Is it a hybrid? Do they stay home? Cause if they yeah. stay home, we are, we're not going to have the bandwidth to do work during the day, but no, I'll make it up at night, but it's just kind of figuring out that schedule. And it's, it's the decision across the country that everyone's kind of trying to figure out as well is, is what yeah. do we do? Cause we, we kind of did it in the beginning and then summer came, but it was kind of like, just get through it. But now it's like, this is the curriculum. Um, so it's, it's, I, we don't know, you know, we're usually good about making decisions and we both don't know the answer still. Yeah. You don't know how the universe is going to be. It's, it's hard to decide, you know, and, and particularly it seems with a lot of the schools, they're at the mercy of the state who's at the mercy of the fed. So, you know, you kind of have to, it's a trickle down. You have to make decisions waiting for other groups to make decisions. I mean, I know a lot of the schools have no idea what September is going to look like and that's a month away or a little bit, a little bit more, you know, we're prepared to do whatever. Um, we we're kind of always preparing for the worst. So that that's kind of where we're at, but we're hoping that the hybrid will work out for now. And then, you know, if we've got to be homeschool and it is what it is, so it's like, we, we, we're hoping that this is like a year and a half type of thing and they get a vaccine. And you know, it's like, if you have to do one or two years, it's a, it's a sacrifice that you just have to make and you just got to accept it and roll with it because stressing out about it is just doesn't help the situation. You know, when they had, uh, when Botox first came out for cos- cosmetics, uh, they used to have these Botox parties where you could hire like a technician to come and shoot, you know, Botox into wherever you get it shot into. I think there's going to be like a COVID-19 virus 
party like hey we got the we got the we got the solution or whatever it is the vaccine let's have a party have everybody over and you know no wonder why your skin your skin's so good you know about these botox parties (laughs) yeah man of course (laughs) nothing like shooting rat poison into your face (laughs) why not it's the price you pay now listen we are going to start instituting this new thing that i want to talk about and then we'll get to our our subject uh matter for this particular podcast but for our guests, this will give them a little bit of a heads up. There is a, a French um, columnist, his name is Bernard uh, Pivot, and he created this questionnaire for uh, people that he interviews. And it kind of gives you a telling, kind of a little bit of an inside um, into their perspective. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put you on the spot and I'm gonna go through the 10 questions of Bernard, uh, Bernard Pivot's questionnaire and, and see what your answers are and more importantly what they mean because that's always that's always what we're going after so you're right let's do this rapid fire okay question number one what is your favorite word huh you're already thought you're already taking too long I actually too, I mean, have too many favorite words I say um a lot actually uh and I say um uh there's a word that I say a lot. Oh my God, Kelly probably, probably knows it better than I do because she hears me, but sometimes I don't realize the word that I say often. Um, are you a like guy? Do you say like a lot? There are people that usually say like. No, I don't. I don't say like a lot. Uh, awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I say awesome a lot. Thank you. So you don't know because like it's like natural. Sometimes I don't actually don't even realize that I'm doing it. <laughs> That's really funny. You're gonna go with awesome. Yes, I do say awesome a lot actually, That's and I say actually question. a lot. Actually, I say actually, actually. You say actually. Mm-hmm. What is your least favorite word? Um, bum. <laughs> this, is just, this is just, I don't know why I started with you. What turns you on? What do you mean by that, Sean? Just, just the question, man. I'm not, I'm not here to judge. That's the question. You got employees on the line, not me. So it's totally up to you. Kelly, cover your ears. Earmuffs, Kelly. Earmuffs. <laughs> What turns me on, so I guess on the business standpoint, uh, it's, I'm very competitive. Uh, so competition? Competition, yeah. What sounds do you love? What sound do you love? I like sea, ocean sounds. That's a popular one. What sound do you hate? Like screeching, even like, like screeching of like the chair in the kitchen on the wood floor James have a screeching sound like that what is your favorite curse word and if you only have one fuck <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a question I just like hearing other people's what profession other than yours would you attempt if I had the skill set be a professional soccer player <laughs> really yeah it's pretty cool what profession would you not like to participate in? Being like cleaning sludge or something, like climbing into like a big tank and I'm like cleaning like sludge in like a tank, almost like gross jobs. I think that's the show. 
Oh yeah, Dirty Jobs. Dirty Jobs. Yeah, yeah. he's got a great podcast. <laughs> he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. Um, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear when hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? What I'd like to hear words or a sound a sound i would think um almost like anything. a could be anything what do they call that like the <laughs> the uh that instrument the harp <laughs> yes. the harp yes oh the harp <laughs> it's like the national instrument of ireland and you're like what's that thing that as i walk in yes hey i'm asian yeah. man <laughs> yeah but you guys have this um <laughs> I saw a monk. The gong, we have the gong. We have the, 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 the yeah. gong. Yep. But there's a but little I, string I, instrument too. But I hear it all the time. I'm looking for something different. Like, <laughs> That's good, man. That's good. All right. So what we want to talk about today a little bit, because it's a huge topic, is the idea of loyalty. And I think my perspective as well as my experience has been that a lot of people – kind of practice loyalty but it's not top of mind all the time and what do i mean by that so so being irish and coming from an irish family we are we are loyal to a to a fault i mean we hang on to something forget about it i mean we're loyal to grudges i mean i have grudges from when i was in second grade i still billy driscoll stole a truck for me when i was in kindergarten and i still if i saw him tomorrow i'd still punch him in the face um, so it's what, you know, so we have, I have a very vivid and strong sense of loyalty, but not everybody for their own reasons has that sense. And in having a business, running a business, a leader has to create that sense of loyalty among their people. And in, in, in a lot of ways, you can run the risk of having folks, not just employees, but team members or, or even family members that are loyal to the purpose you provide as opposed to being loyal to the purpose of whatever it is you do. And, and the, the most basic and easiest example of that is a paycheck. It's like, okay, well, yes, I'm, I'm loyal to this company. Okay, yeah. are you loyal to the company because of the purpose, the mission, um, the values of the company or are you loyal to the company because of the purpose they provide you, which is your paycheck. And I mean, I've had, I've had cases all the time where people say, Oh my God, Sean, I'm, I'm loyal to you. I'll, I'll stay here forever. And you know, look around, I'm like, I'm the only one, like, where'd everybody go? What happened? And that's not a negative. That's just, that's just life. I mean, what is your perspective of, well, again, being a stubborn Irishman, we, we take loyalty, like, to a fault. Like, it's a big deal with us. Like, what, what do you think is important to you? Is it having loyal people important to you? Loyal, yeah, loyalty. I mean, Asians are, are also, you know, from, from having an Asian heritage, loyalty is really, you talk about ancestors and um older people um, within my family and your grandparents, like being loyal to them, taking care of them, right. Doing whatever it takes. You know, my, my mom always told me if there's room on the ground, you invite people in to sleep on the floor, you know, you're helping people in the community. Um, 
but loyalty is they, they are going to go and run into that fire with you. You know, yeah. if it's a business thing, right. they're going to go, they're going to go down with the ship is going sinking with you. Like that's loyalty. Uh, you and I talked about this the other day, you know, I think that's why we want to have this topic uh, today for everyone listening. Cause you know, with, with businesses going bankrupt that we're seeing during the pandemic with businesses, um, making hard decisions, uh, moving people around, asking people to do different things that they're not, you know, comfortable doing or new to them. How do we know if we have the right people that are loyal to the cause um, for the company? Is it really just them being more loyal, loyal because they have a job and opportunity or they're loyal because they want to be here for the right reasons? Um, uh, like how do we figure that out? And that we're hoping to, to give just some, some ideas and some suggestions here on what we've experienced and same thing to you, Sean, people have said, yes, I'm going to be here forever. I'm going to do what it takes. Like I look at, look at the sacrifices I've done. Here's what I've done. Um, so I'm, I'm proving to you that I'm loyal to you. Um, but those people aren't around me anymore. And it's, it's, it's not just the words. It's definitely the actions. Right. That's right. But of and course, the other if thing you're, too if you're is, not getting paid, right. Of course, if you're not getting paid, I mean, as an employee, it's, it's, it's tough to be loyal to, to, to an extent versus an, an entrepreneur or partners who are entrepreneurs together, being loyal is going to be different if you're not getting a paycheck. Right. And I think too, though, and this has to do with um, also respect and leadership, but specific to loyalty, it has to be both ways. Like you can't demand loyalty from your people and not be loyal to them. You can't sit there and say, I need you to work as hard as you can for as much as you can for as long as you can for no money when you're not doing that. In other words, loyalty is a very um, shared thing. You know, you give me loyalty, I give you back. That grows more loyalty with you to me, which in turn grows more loyalty from me to you. So it has to be a shared thing. Loyalty isn't, at least in my mind, isn't just what I give you, absent of you giving it back. To me, it has to be both ways, it's the same thing in a lot yeah. of ways with respect. Like, I can't ask somebody, first of all, I don't believe you can ask for respect, but I can't expect respect from somebody if I don't give it to them, right? You know, like, like, and one of the, the biggest attributes to me, I think I've learned of being a good leader is to create an environment where it's easy to get respect from your people. I mean, I was a coach. I coached lacrosse for, oh God, I was dating myself. I think somebody asked me the other day, I think it's like 15 or 16 years. It's less than 20, but higher than 15. And I had all different groups of kids. I had some of the best players in the state at the high school and college level, and I had some that the ball hit them in the face more times than it landed in their stick. But one of the things that I was always able to get being coach, it doesn't matter the age or the level of, um, of skill that they have, was respect. And the reason was it's because you exude yourself as a leader. You're a doer too. You're not just a say. And I had teams where we were terrible and the kids would literally walk into traffic for me because they believe in what we're, what we're trying to accomplish. And I think that while that can create respect, it also creates 
loyalty, which isn't necessarily something you can touch. It's a, it's an innate feeling that you can sense just based yeah. on what somebody is doing with your company or to your company or most important for your company. Yeah. Respect, I think, is a, a, a almost a direct line to loyalty, too. You're right. Like, I think when you have employees or you work with someone or equally a partner, showing that you put in the same amount of work and effort in, um, but showing that you're also there for them, it's not about you. Like, if you show that you're honestly doing everything you can to create whatever that purpose is, if, if you understand their personal purpose, because everyone within your team has a different purpose. Some people have kids, some people don't have kids, some, um, some people like flexibility. So if you are creating an environment and a, that helps their purpose, I think you mentioned this too, like, you know, everyone has their own purpose, not just the company's purpose, but also they understand the purpose of the company. But if you help their purpose, then you're, you're, you're there for them that's where you start building loyalty because they can see that you you're, you're you really are wholeheartedly doing everything you can to, to help them and be there for them as a champion you know in your in your line of 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 coaching like being a coach a mentor um so i think as a leader if, if your team members and employees see that that's where you start to build that loyalty because and in the hard times, you got to have those hard conversations, but you're being honest. And, and the fact that you can be honest and raw and vulnerable, that's another way to build loyalty uh, and respect. I completely agree with that. I think that being a leader is not top down. It's not a hierarchy. Leadership is not a hierarchy. It gets painted like that, but it's, you know, you look at a lot of sports players and, and even some of them, the good ones, the great ones will come out and they'll, and they'll say, well, you know, it's not because of how good I am that I'm a leader. In other words, you have to have those traits and that understanding um, before you're even great. You have to be a leader and you have to have loyalty to your team when things are shitty, not just when things are great. And you can't, you can't demand loyalty because you're the CEO, right? Like I demand loyalty because I work a hundred hours a week. Yeah, but that's not everybody's, mission in life frankly i would argue you have to work 100 hours a week because it's your company nobody else should because <laughs> it's not their company but to be you know to coin our phrase to be vulnerable as a leader i think is a very easy way to be true to yourself and true to your people and be vulnerable you're gonna you're gonna get loyalty because they look at you like oh he's not in this tower somewhere with the biggest office driving the nicest car you know making these decisions that we have to do the work he or she is actually you know doing the work you know they don't they don't care they, they care about the end result of whatever your mission and purpose is and that's really what they should care just like you should how you get there yeah you have to i mean i say this to entrepreneurs all the time you know you have to be the hardest working person in the company it's your company my god if you're not it -hmm. should be the person who's working the hardest company Cause it's not, it's not for you. And I, I, I say this a lot and it's become so clear to me really in the past year. And I think the, the pandemic just to blame it um, has a lot to do with this insight that I have, but there are so many entrepreneurs that should be CEOs. They shouldn't be an entrepreneur. 
And the difference is, is that a CEO is more functional, more process-driven, less of a visionary, right? A lot of times they're planted in there, but at the end of the day, they were worker bee. You know, CEOs are worker bees. I mean, I ran a staffing company and if I didn't do my job, the company failed. But the minimum wage person that worked in a 105 degree factory putting together whatever it was they were putting together, if they didn't do their job, the company failed too. So it becomes very linear. But I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and, and we're gonna to talk to our guest about this. A lot of it is looking at the top of the iceberg. Oh, look how high is the top of the mountain. You know, look how, how much, how great the company is. Nobody is appreciating or understanding what's below that surface. And a lot of entrepreneurs are focused on the tomorrow because they want it to be better. And it's, it's not about that. It's about the journey. You can't be an entrepreneur and be focused about what the, about the end result and working less is. You've got to do the work. And, and by doing that, you instill that value system and that purpose into your workforce as well as create loyalty. At the end of the day, if they see you're doing it, they're pretty much going to want to do it out of loyalty or guilt or drive or a mentoring thing, but that's what really, you know, creates or enforces loyalty. I, I mean, and what you said earlier about working the hardest CEO, the CEO, the entrepreneur works the hardest. You're correct. You know, and, and sometimes um, entrepreneurs and CEOs have the misconception that other people should put in the same hours. And that's not accurate because just because they don't do that doesn't mean they're not loyal. They're not working hard for you. It's they're also not taking the same risks or they're not getting paid the same amount of money. So you can't expect other people to do the exact same thing that you do because they have different responsibilities and just, there's just a whole different level of um, accountability. So don't feel like someone's not loyal if they're not putting the same amount of work. Um, I completely you know. agree. But, but it's the same thing to come. Like, you, you have to work more because, well, uh, there are a couple of things. First of all, you have to work more because you are exposed to more decision-making paths than, say, somebody in your accounting office. That, that's just math. Like, okay, the CEO should be plugged in. But also, too, I'm going to totally call bullshit on that because, I mean, I would love to go up to, and I, I have done this with clients, like, okay, that's great. You work all these hours, but, but really like, what are you doing in the middle of the night? Like, honestly, like you say you work until nine o'clock at night. Okay. But, but what are you really doing? Are you really putting in as much effort at, at 10 o'clock as you did at 10 o'clock in the morning? I, I bet not. I bet you're doing like I do is probably doing emails, catching up on reading stuff that really isn't, I wouldn't argue is work, work, it's something I have to do, but it's not. I'm not going to sit there and say, well, I worked at 10 o'clock last night. If you want to ask me how long I work, I'll tell you. But it's not a badge of honor that, you know, yesterday I got over 100 emails and I have to go through them all. That's not a badge of honor. That's just, it doesn't make me more important. It just makes me have to read more. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I call bullshit on that a lot. If, if the CEO has to constantly tell their people how hard they're working, you ain't working that hard, dude. You should, it should be easy to see. You don't have to tell people. And, and frankly, again, it's a function of being 
an entrepreneur, you you have to be the last one out and the first one in. It's it's your company. Nobody else shares the same um, stresses that you do and pressure that you do and financial obligations and personal commitment. I mean, as entrepreneurs, we're on the hook financially for a lot of our business. Nobody, you know, that's all part of it. So to kind of sit there and say, well, you know, you don't, uh, you don't work as hard as I am. You're less loyalty. That's for all, you know, yep. the person could have scrambled around all morning to deliver their kids off at daycare so they could work six hours and you're bitching because they didn't work 12. Like you have no idea what right. people go through and, and you need to appreciate that they go through it because they do. And it's not all peace, love and time. We're here to get a job done and you're being paid a wage and you have to work very, very hard. But at the same time, I have to not necessarily work harder, but I have to be always available because it's my company. If, if I don't want to be always available, like I start daydreaming about going to wine country again. I'm like, I could just go for two weeks to wine country and forget about everything. But I can't, I can't unplug. I, I can't because I'm not wired that way. And I can't because it's unfair to my company. Somebody's going to need something. And now I'm holding up the whole works because somebody asked me for something. And I'm like, no, no, um, this is my, my personal time. I'm away. There's no such thing. So Sean, in summary, you know, what, what are a few different takeaways for folks to help, you know, create loyalty within their team members to the company? I think the biggest thing is that, and this is true for a lot of things, but, but because we're talking about loyalty, it, the less the, the entrepreneur worries about it, in some cases, the more it's going to take care of itself. In other words, you really can't create loyalty. You can create the environment where it's easy to be loyal. And, and you do that through your actions and and your decisions and what is important. And most importantly, does it fuel the purpose of your organization or company or whatever it is. So if you set out to create loyalty, it's like, I need to go get respect from these people. It's, it's the focus is upside down. You have to do the thing before you get the thing, as opposed to getting the thing and then doing something to support it. Right. So the biggest thing I could say, the biggest takeaway is, is to calm down and focus on, on, actually we should get t-shirts. It's a good logo. Calm down. Like your name, calm down. That's, that's a great logo. Anyway. That's a joke I've lived all my life. (laughs) You calm down. What? So I think that you have to focus on what it is that you're trying to achieve, the purpose. Again, it's about purpose. Yourself, personally, and in relationships, too. And loyalty will follow. And you know what? The biggest thing, too, is you have to be open to the fact that it might not for everybody. You're not going to be a good fit for everybody, and that's okay. You don't want to have a good fit for everybody. You You want the right troops. You want the right following troops that that, that it's, it's almost and build your own community of, of, of loyalists. But at the end of the day, I think in summary, it's kind of like, you just got to lead. You got to lead. Just lead. You know, back to coaching, I always said to my players, I will take 20 people at a nine for devotion and determination and loyalty and a five at skill. Then I'll take a nine at skill and a five at devotion, loyalty and determination because I can teach you how to play lacrosse. I can't teach you to be loyal. You either are or you're not. And if you're not, that's okay. I'll coach you all day long on how to play it, but I can't get you to want it. And that's true of employees. If you if you believe in what we're doing, 
this is what we're doing. And your loyalty manifests itself because you believe in purpose. Forget about me, forget about us being the entrepreneur. You're loyal to the purpose, not, to, not the company. It's different, it's to the purpose. And if that manifests itself within that person, they're a good fit for the organization. I say to people I interview all the time, you know, interviews are always about, well, are you a good fit for the organization? It's 50-50, are we a good fit for you? We might not mm -hmm. be a good fit for you. It might be the best job, you might love what we do, where we're located, the work that we do, but, it, but if we're not a good fit for you, it's not a good, it's not a good fit. So it's, it's the same. So that's the biggest takeaway for me is that loyalty typically manifests itself. Unless you're an Irish family and you get beaten if you're not loyal, but that's a whole other podcast we'll talk about. And I'll leave okay. you guys with one, this one last thing um, is, you know, we, we, we did our rebrand and we have a mission, vision statement, core values. But one thing I was missing actually our purpose statement. So showcase and share that purpose statement with, with your team and your company. And that will help you figure out if they're a good fit for you and you're, you know, vice versa. Because like you said, Sean, it's 50-50. They might not be a good fit for you and vice versa. You, you might not be a good fit for them. So make sure you openly share and let people know what is your purpose. Um, and then loyalty or, or organically happen. They either have it or they don't. I just think that, I mean, you're Asian and you're Buddhist. Like, shouldn't you have like all these like sayings and phrases that we can use? You're supposed to have like thousand year old phrases. I mean, where are they? We're really missing out on. They're all like, like hymns and ha's and <laughs> yeah, what, meditative sounds. Yeah, just phrases. I'm waiting for these, you know, Buddhist chants, these things that put us in this Zen state that we can go out and conquer the world. What the hell's going on, man? Different like, episode. I'll bring up my picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll we'll talk about that, mindfulness man. and meditation for sure. No. All right. All right. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, please share us any comments and any other topics and issues that you're looking to learn more of. Uh, shoot us, uh, uh, you can reach out to us multiple ways uh, with the information here at the end and go out there and crush it. Absolutely. Everybody have a great day. Try to get through the, whatever struggles you're struggling with through the pandemic and we'll see you on the other side for our next episode. Bye everybody. Bye-bye. So this is not so much just for our listeners, it's with our listeners. We're doing this with them, not just for them. We're all together in this big, massive, disconnected group called Entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook and LinkedIn at The Vulnerable Entrepreneurs. Twitter and Instagram at The VE Podcast. The VE Vulnerable Entrepreneur Podcast. And join the conversation by visiting us on our website, thevepodcast.com. And email us at hello at thevepodcast.com. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. That wraps it up. We understand that every minute of your day is valuable, and we appreciate you spending time with us today.